everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder. I'm a senior director at CFGI, where I help my clients with their most important valuation matters. And one of the topics when we talk about valuation with my clients involves exit planning. And today, we're going to be talking about exit strategy and exiting rich with my guest, Michelle Seiler-Tucker, who's the founder and president of Seiler-Tucker Incorporated. Michelle, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, great to have you. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Sure. So I'm Michelle Seller Tucker. I've been in mergers and acquisitions a little over 20 years. Have personally sold over 500 businesses. My firm has sold over a thousand companies in pretty much every vertical. We've done thousands of valuations. Uh, I really specialize in buying, selling, fixing, and growing companies. I buy, you know, I buy companies and flip them. I partner with business owners, investing my money, expertise, resources to put them on a build-to-sell program, and so they can exit, you know, within three to five years for their desired purchase price. And so that's really what what we focus on: buying, selling, fixing, growing. At any time, I own five to different five to ten different companies that I'm also building to sell. That's a great topic, and I know there's a lot of keen interest around this, so I'm not going to waste any time. Let's just jump right into it. Um, a large number of businesses that get listed uh, or are starting to be brokered and marketed never sell. Why is that? Yeah, so according to Steve Forbes, and by the way, Steve Forbes endorsed Exit Rich, um, there's two sets of numbers out there. M&A source say 90% of businesses don't sell. Steve Forbes says 80% of businesses don't sell. So I'll go with Steve Forbes. <laughs> so eight out of 10 businesses don't sell. The number one reason for that, Dave, is because most business owners never think about their exit strategy. They never think about selling their business until a catastrophic event has occurred. Internal, which is health issues, partners disputes, divorce, death, and external could be the pandemic. So the worst time to try to sell your business is when your business is trending downward, when you're in the middle of chaos. The best time to sell is when your business is booming. And most business owners have never really built a business that someone wants to actually purchase. And, and why is that? I mean, I, I understand that a lot of times folks create businesses with the idea of sometimes, unfortunately, creating a job for themselves rather than creating a business that works for them. Uh, can you expound on that point? Of course. So most business owners, you know, most entrepreneurs, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of reasons. Number one, most entrepreneurs always have the mentality that if you want it done right, do it yourself. <laughs> so they're somewhat control freaks. And I always say, you know, in order to grow, you have to let go of control. You can't be everything to everybody. You can't do everything. So you really, you know, need to focus on your strengths, hire your weaknesses. So that's one of the biggest, biggest um, issues and the biggest reasons that the businesses can't sell. Plus, business owners really are treating their business more as their baby, as their child than as the most valuable asset that they should build to exit one day. So I think, you know, business owners really have to change their mindset and really figure out how to stop working in their business, start working on their business, build the infrastructure on what we call the six P's and exit rich and build that valuable asset. 
So you, you got to get out of your business. You got to stop building a, a job in which you go to work at every day versus a business that actually works for you. Yeah, and we're going to talk about your book. I, I neglected to mention at the opening that you are the author of Exit Rich, and we're going to be talking about that uh, probably in the second segment. But I uh, want to just continue on this thread here just to kind of set the frame for when we get into that conversation. And when you, when you talk about mindset, you mentioned that many business owners think of their business as their baby, and, and I also hear that often. And that's probably one of the largest reasons why owners are reluctant to sell. Talk about that mindset and how do you make them shift into something that's more saleable? Sure. And, and, you know, business owners are reluctant to sell because, like I said, they're not thinking about it. They're involved in the day-to-day. -day. They're involved in the mundane task. And they're so busy putting out fires. They're so busy handling the day-to-day -day that they never really think past the day-to-day. So the way I get my clients past the mindset, you know, I have a whole chapter that talks about this, but, you know, it's really figuring out what you want to do, what's important to you. So there's several different exercises that I take clients through. There's also what I call the seller sanity check. And I work with my clients to figure out, you know, what's the most important thing to you? What's the most important thing for your family? You know, what does your long-term picture look like? What are you trying to accomplish? And if you sell your business, what are you going to do next? Because the biggest issue, Dave, is if I don't help my clients plan their beginning strategy, they'll never follow through on their exit strategy. You know, a perfect example, I had a manufacturing um, business that we were selling, husband and wife, bought them three different LOIs, letter of intents. They all, they all had, they all met the specific term requirements, price requirements, etc. But they would always find little things that they didn't like for each offer, and they would not sign it. So finally, I sat them aside and I said, listen, I'm going to take this business off the market. I can't keep bringing you LOIs and you're not accepting them. You need to figure out what you want to do next. And about a month later, they called me up and said, we want to, we want to buy or start a better breakfast. So we're going to take the proceeds from the sale and either start or buy one. And I said, perfect. The next letter of intent I bought to them, they accepted and now they're in a beautiful bed and breakfast in Vermont, living their dreams. <laughs> That's a good story. And like I said, I've always heard <laughs> from folks who are contemplating a sale, the biggest stumbling block is they don't know what they're going to do next. So in, in that story, uh, your folks figured out what they wanted to do next. That's important. What makes a business saleable? What makes it attractive as you go to market? So several things. Um, several things that make it attractive. And I'm going to go ahead and start taking us through the six P's because this is what makes a business attractive. This is what buyers look at. And this is part of our evaluation method. So first and foremost, what makes a business attractive is having the right people, having the right people in the right seats. So the business is not dependent upon the owner. If the business is dependent upon the owner, then the business is not sellable. And most businesses are not sellable because it's a thousand percent dependent upon the owner. So having the right people in the right seats and asking the who question, you know, who deals with customer service, who deals with marketing, legal, accounting, environmental, manufacturing, transportation, logistics, et cetera. The, the golden rule here, Dave, is that you should never be next to the who. So the more that I can, we can have a sustainable business that can run without the owner, then the more attractive that business is to buyers, especially if they have a layer of management team in place, especially if it's well documented with employee handbooks, 
employee contracts, and non-competes in place. That makes a business really attractive because nobody builds a business. They build people and people build a business. And then the number well two said. thing that can make a business attractive or not attractive is the product. That's the second P. Is your product, is your industry on the way up or on the way out? Is it thriving or dying? Do you have an Amazon or do you have a Blockbuster? If you have an Amazon and you're in a thriving industry, then you're going to have a lot more buyers versus if you're in a dying industry. But if you're in a dying industry, Dave, that doesn't mean you just give up and go home. That means that you align yourself with an expert, a mentor, somebody who's been down your road before and ask these three transformational questions. Number one, ask yourself, because Amazon did this in the 90s. They asked themselves, what business are we in? And I said, we sell books. We're in a book selling business. Then they asked themselves, what do we do really well? And what we do better than anyone else is fulfillment. Fulfillment. So then... Amazon asks themselves the question, what business should we be in? And I said, gosh, we need to be in a fulfillment business. So those three questions right there alone transformed Amazon from a small bookseller to a multi-billion dollar worldwide conglomerate that they are today. So these questions might sound simple, but they're really not. Business owners have to get out of the transactional and really become transformational and pivot so that they can grow and see real change. Yeah, and that's, so, that's a phenomenal point because when you talk about Amazon, they had the aha realization of how to pivot, but you alluded to Blockbuster, right? And, and there they were sitting on top of their game and they ignored what was going to be their, their competitor that was going to eat their lunch. And I've read that uh, apparently they had an opportunity to, to get a hold of Netflix before Netflix blew up. But there was a situation where they had a blind spot or what have you. I'm going to ask you if you could to kind of dissect, if not Blockbuster, but in terms of the business owners that you work with, what keeps them from recognizing this ability to pivot? You know, that's a good question because, and that's a question I've been pondering on since 2013. Yeah. <laughs> in 2013, when I wrote my very first book called Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, I did the research and learned that about, you know, 95%, 85 to 95% of all startups would fail within that first one to five years, right? That's common knowledge. We all know that. But then when I wrote Exit Rich with Sharon Lecter in 2019 and 2020, I did the exact same research and learned that the business landscape has actually flip-flopped. Now it's only 30% of startups will go out of business, only 30%. However, listen to this, Dave, because these are startling statistics. Out of 27.6 million companies, those businesses have been in business 10 years or longer, 70% of those companies will go out of business, 70%. So you see, Dave, how it's flip-flopped, right? Yeah. What's the reason for that? I mean, you hear about the big public companies all the time. Toys R Us, a business 75 years goes out of business. Kmart. Steinmark, Pier 1, GNC closing down 900 locations. Godiva, Godiva, Dave, our favorite chocolate company, is closing down 1,500 locations. Yeah. So, the, but, you know, the media doesn't talk about the small businesses on every street corner, in every town, across our, in every state, across our great nation. These business owners are unfortunately going out of business, dropping like flies. They're exiting poor and they're having to sell for pennies on the dollar, close their business, or even file bankruptcy, even worse, file bankruptcy. The number one reason for that, Dave, is because business owners stop doing what I call AIM. A-I-M, AIM. AIM is always innovate and market. 
always innovate and market. And that's what Blockbuster didn't do. Toys R Us has been in business 75 years, did nothing different. Nothing different in 75 years. So business owners get married to their concept, to their original ideas, and they stop innovating and they stop marketing. And that's why these business owners are going out of business. Yeah. Michelle, uh, for the folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more about you or how they can work with you, what's the best way for them to get in contact? Well, first and foremost, they can go to my website at SilerTucker.com. That's SilerTucker.com. They can also text Michelle to 888-526-5750. All of my websites pop up. My social media pops up. You can follow me. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. And then I encourage everyone to go to ExitRichBook.com to purchase your copy of Exit Rich today. Awesome. We're going to take a quick commercial break here, Michelle. You sit tight. When we come back, we're going to talk about the book, Exit Rich, and uh, more with Michelle Seiler Tucker on exiting your business and doing it rich right after this quick break from uh, Behind the Numbers. We'll talk to you soon. Don't go anywhere. Fun. Legendary rock and roll clubs. This is how we do it. Casinos by the ocean. Now that's New Jersey. 130 miles of beautiful beaches, solid rock, and everything in between. Now that's New Jersey. Burlington County College. Is now Rowan College at Burlington County. Still the same great faculty. At a community college ranked top 50 in the nation. Basically, we earn more and pay less. RCBC students are accepted at Rowan University after graduation and get a bachelor's degree for around $30,000. Online and Mount Laurel students get a 15% Rowan University tuition discount and have many scholarship opportunities. So you earn more and pay even less. Rowan College of Burlington County. Your path to success. They are the greatest fighting force the world has ever seen. Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about how to exit rich with Michelle Seiler Tucker, who is the author of Exit Rich. Michelle, welcome back to the second segment. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure. Let's talk about the book uh, in the production room. If you guys can pop up a picture there. Uh, this is the book, Exit Rich. Uh, tell us a little bit about it and where people can get it. Sure. So a, a little bit about Exit Rich. First and foremost, Sharon Lecter is my co-author. And Sharon Lecter wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. So she's a New York Times bestselling author five times nice. and has written several books in the Pulling Hill Foundation. She also is a CPA, financial literacy expert, and the advisor to many different presidents. Exit Rich is also endorsed by Steve Forbes and um, also by Kevin Harrington, the original Shark on Shark Tank, plus Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, Les Brown, and many others. So um, everyone can, Exit Rich is really all about, it's not just about selling your business, Dave, it's all about building a business that is actually sustainable, scalable, and when you're ready, you have a sellable asset so you don't end up in the 70% statistics of businesses going out of business or the 80% of businesses that are not sellable. So everyone can get their copy of Exit Rich today at exitrichbook.com. The book comes out in June, but if you order from ExitRichBook.com, we will email you a digital download immediately. We will send the hardcover to your doorstep. 
We will give you a lifetime membership into the Exit Rich Book Club, where you'll have video content and me doing deep dives on some of these different strategies and techniques that we've been talking about here today, plus documents. Documents to run your business and sell your business. You know, we have documents from employee handbooks to non-competes, organizational charts, sample 1110, sample purchase agreements, due diligence checklist, and closing documents. And these documents alone, Dave, are worth over $25,000 if you want to recreate them yeah. with your attorney. So they're available for your review and your immediate download. Plus, we're also given a 30-day free membership into Club CEOs, which is an entrepreneur mastermind that I found is so we can help business owners really ask those transformational questions, pivot, and build that sustainable, scalable, and sellable business. So you're giving the reader a roadmap and the tools necessarily to build that saleable business. So when exit time comes, they're not caught off guard. They're ready to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're giving them everything that they need, a step-by-step -step blueprint. And if they really follow this book from the beginning and plan their GPS exit model, which I tell all business owners, think about your exit from the beginning of starting or buying your business and then build your business on the infrastructure of the six P's. You cross your T's and dot your I's, and then when you're ready to sell, you'll have a sellable asset. All right, we're going to pick up on the, the, the rest of the six P's, but you just mentioned GPS exit model. I want you just to expound on that very briefly. I don't want that to just slip by unnoticed. Okay, so I work with my clients to plan their exit from the beginning because that's the biggest issue is that business owners don't think about it. I had a sweet little old lady call me the other day and wanted to sell um, her husband's business because he dropped dead from a heart attack, unexpected heart attack, dropped dead. And she's, he left her with a mountain of debt, took him, took her through the six piece. He doesn't have any employees whatsoever. No people, no processes, really no nothing, nothing to sell. So it's really important to plan your exit from the beginning. Number one, Determine when you want to drive somewhere, Dave. What's the first thing you do? You pull out your phone, you plug in Google Maps, and you plug in your destination. Destination. You need to know where you're going, right? You need to know where you're driving to. Same thing with business owners. Business owners need to know where they're driving their business to. So they need their destination, their end game, their desired price tag. Because so many business owners just drive around in circles, up and down the financial hills, and end <laughs> up nowhere. So figure out your destination. Let's say you want to sell for twenty million dollars. Great. Now you have a number. Now what does the GPS need to know? Your current location, which is your current valuation. What is your business worth? I mean, you know this, Dave. Business owners need to have a valuation every year. Most business owners never get a valuation. You know, we go so into true. the doctor and get an annual checkup to make sure our heart's still ticking and we're still kicking. We drive our car to the mechanic to make sure we get an annual checkup, but we don't get an annual business valuation checkup. You need to know what your business is worth every year because there are events to increase valuation, there are events to decrease valuation. So know what your business is worth today. Let's say your business is worth $5 million. You want to sell it for twenty. It's worth five million dollars. What's the next thing you need to know? Time frame. Let's say ten years. Now you need to know buyers. Who are your buyers going to be? There's five different types of buyers. Notice I didn't say buyer, because you never want to put all your eggs in one buyer's basket. Because in all likelihood, that buyer will not close on the sale of your business. Plus, how do you create massive price if you have one buyer? How do you create competition? Five different types of buyers. Who here's who's not going to be your buyer? 
if you're selling for $20 million, it's not going to be a first-time buyer because first-time buyers buy small businesses. It won't be a turnaround specialist because they buy distressed assets. So it's going to be a PEG, private equity group that buys based on platforms and add-ons, a a strategic slash competitor that pays the most for synergies. That's how you get top dollar is finding those buyers that are willing to pay more for your proprietary assets. And then you have your serial entrepreneurs that are industry agnostic and they chase cash flow. Then you need to know, gosh, if I want to sell my business for $20 million, these these three types of buyers, what's their financial criteria? Well, your gross revenues, you need to know where your gross revenues need to be. Your profit margin, most importantly, your EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. It needs to be between $3 million to $5 million, depending upon your synergies. Then you need to know, well, what synergies are they looking for? What are they willing to pay more money for? And then build your business to meet their specific criteria. And then the last step, Dave, is you got to know your why. If it was easy to sell a business for $20 million, everybody would be doing it, right? So you got to have a why that's powerful enough that will keep you motivated, keep you weathering the financial storms. That's the GPS exit model. A lot of great stuff that you just um, shared with us there. There, There's so much to unpack. One of the points I just want to emphasize is when you talk about creating synergies that buyers are willing to pay for, it's it's pretty well known and and believed that buyers are unwilling to pay dollar for dollar for synergies that they bring to the table. Um, So creating the synergies that they will pay for, obviously, is is the most important way in maximizing your valuation. Um, Mm -hmm. Michelle, we only have about five minutes to go here in the segment. Uh, I want to ask you again how folks can contact you, how they can get the book, what's the best way to work with you, how can they reach you? So they can go to my website at SylerTucker.com. They can also text Michelle to 888-526-5750, where all of my social media and websites pop up, and they can go to ExitRichBook.com to purchase the book and receive it immediately so you can start reading it today, plus you get all the value that goes along with the book, including all the documents, downloads, and the free membership in the club CEOs. Super. Uh, Before the break, we got through the first two Ps, people and product. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have got about four minutes to go in the segment here. Are you able to maybe give a minute to each or just allocate a couple of minutes to talk about the remaining four and why they matter? Sure. I'll make it, I'll try to make it really quick, which is hard because I love to, I love to get into it and give as much content as possible. I know. I'm thinking you and I could have done this for a two hour segment. (laughs) (laughs) So processes, processes are very important. You have to have processes, your processes. This is where most business owners get it wrong. Get this right. Your processes must be designed with the customer experience in mind, not designed with your own agenda. Have you ever dealt with a company and afterwards, Dave, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'll never do business with them again. Absolutely. It's because their processes are horrible. Their processes are designed with their own agenda and not the customer experience in mind. McDonald's started McDonald's Brothers. I mean, the McDonald's um, restaurant back in the 40s, the McDonald's Brothers started McDonald's back in the 40s. They designed their processes around the customer experience, which was we want to serve great tasting food hot and fast which is why you can eat at a McDonald's anywhere in the world and still get the exact same experience. They never said we're going to have healthy food. They never said it was going to be organic. They said it was going to be taste good, hot, and fast. So make sure you design your experience, your, your um, processes around your customer experience so you create happy customers. Many business owners get this wrong. Make sure they're efficient, make sure they're productive, and most importantly, 
Make sure you have your policy and procedure manuals. Make sure you have those SOP checklists. Make sure everyone's trained on such. The next P, which is the number one value driver, this is where I'm going to spend most of my time because this can take you from a four multiple to a five to a six to an eight to a 10 multiple. This is proprietary. There's six pillars to proprietary. Number one is branding. The more well-branded you are, the more I can sell your company for as long as your brand is relevant in the mind of the consumers. Nobody's paying anything for Blockbuster. Right. But guess what? Do you know who the biggest, most valuable brand in the world is? Apple. You got it right. Nobody ever gets it right. Wow. $249 billion, Dave. And that's just for the brand. That's without EBITDA. That's without AR, inventory, assets, real estate. Build your brand. Trademarks, very important. Yeah, you'll never never see anybody. I'm sorry to step on you. You'll never see anybody put a sticker on an Apple computer. They value the brand. As a consumer. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. So trademarks, very important. Get those trademarks. Protect your company name. Don't just go get a state trademark. This is the biggest mistake business owners make. They go get a state trademark and they never check the federal database. And you can be in business for four or five, ten years, and all of a sudden receive a letter that you have to stop using that company name. Don't do that. Get your federal trademark. Protect your IP. Also products. I mean, we're selling a company that has 12 different um, exclusive products, they're all trademarked, federally trademarked, and they're all in these retail grocery store chains. Extremely valuable. Competitors and strategists will pay more money for this. Patents. We sold a company for $18 million that was losing money, but they had 18 patents. Patents are very valuable. Contracts, manufacturing, franchise, or Distribu- dis- um, distribution contracts, vendor contracts, exclusive contracts. Most important are those client contracts, especially if you have reoccurring revenue and you have a subscription model. Yeah. So contracts are extremely valuable, but here's a caveat to contracts. Make sure you have that two-sentence transferability clause. I will tell you, I've never met an owner, and I've been doing thousands of these, that actually have the two-sentence transferability clause that's saying that this contract is transferable to the new entity. So if the buyer doesn't agree, because 99.9% of all deals are asset sales, if the buyer doesn't agree to do a stock sale or the client doesn't agree to sign transfer of, con- of, of consent, then you're in big, big trouble because your deal will probably fall apart so make sure you get those contracts databases you yep. got databases databases are worth a lot of money especially if those clients can be repurposed and retargeted facebook paid 19 billion dollars for whatsapp 19 billion and whatsapp was hemorrhaging but yep. guess what they had they had a billion users that facebook knew they could roi and monetize celebrity yep. endorsements another huge value driver yep. i got a client that's, that, that has oprah winfrey as that endorses all their products. Buyers yep. will pay a lot of money because they want to get their products in front of Oprah. Radio personality Michelle, endorsements. I, I hate to do this Huge. too. My, my, my folks back in the booth are telling me we are out of time, but I want you to at least tell the audience what those last two P's were so that we don't leave them hanging. Okay, the last two P's is, Just very is quickly. patrons. You gotta make sure you have customer concentration, customer diversification, not customer concentration. And then profits. The most important Profit. P is yep. profits. However, profits is never the problem. It's always a symptom of not operating on one of the other five Ps. Awesome. I would love to have you come back another time because we've got so much more to talk about and no time to do it. Michelle, thanks so much for joining us today on Behind the Numbers. 
Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you at home for watching and listening to Behind the Numbers. Today we've been talking about how to exit rich with Michelle Seiler Tucker. Uh, Please be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you're watching or listening. And feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and let's get connected. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Stay well.